From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 22nd of December. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we're going to be running through President Zelensky's meeting with President Biden. But that's not the only thing going on in the world right now. So we'll also run you through three of today's other important stories. But first, what actually happened in this meeting? In his first foreign trip since the Ukraine war began, President Zelensky met with his US counterpart, President Biden, in Washington yesterday. Prior to the trip, the Ukrainian president tweeted that in their meeting, the pair would discuss cooperation between Ukraine and the US and the defensive capabilities of Ukraine itself. The trip started with a meeting between the two presidents, in which President Biden said that he would continue to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. Biden then went on to denounce Russian attacks on Ukrainian infrastructure right before a particularly harsh winter set in. The presidents were then asked questions from the press. President Zelensky was asked what message he has for the American people, to which he replied that we have the same values and that we really fight for our common victory against this tyranny and that it is real life. We will win. And I really want to win together. Not want... I'm sure. The centerpiece of Zelensky's visit was his rousing speech to the US Congress, which greeted him with cheers and applause. He declared that Ukraine is alive and kicking, and that against all odds and all doom and gloom scenarios, Ukraine did not fall. His visit and speech came in a week where lawmakers are preparing to vote on a spending package that includes some $45 billion in additional emergency assistance to Ukraine the US's biggest package of support so far. Zelensky thanked every American for their support and told Congress, your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. Zelensky also made numerous historical references too, to US victories in the Battle of Bulge, which was a turning point against the Nazis in the Second World War, to the Battle of Saratoga in the American Revolutionary War, which helped secure French assistance for US independence. And he even evoked Winston Churchill when he vowed that Ukraine would never surrender. Zelensky also presented US lawmakers with a Ukrainian flag signed by soldiers from the front line in Bakhmut. In return, Zelensky was gifted a folded, framed US flag that had flown over the Capitol building that day. But more crucially, President Biden also pledged increased support in the form of a new $1.8 billion military aid package, including, for the first time, Patriot surface-to-air missiles, which will certainly help on those front lines. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world right now, so here's a rundown of three other stories you should be paying attention to. Minutes before a midnight deadline set by the Israeli president, former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced that he'd secured a deal to form a new government after weeks of negotiations with right-wing and ultra-nationalist coalition partners. This means that Netanyahu will return as Israel's Prime Minister just eight months or so after being ousted. His conservative Likud party, along with a number of smaller religious nationalist parties, won a comfortable majority in the country's election on November 1st. 
and this new Netanyahu government has even been described as the most right-wing government in Israel's 74-year history, prompting concern from Palestinians, liberal Israelis, and foreign governments. Most notable is the leader of the far-right Jewish Power Party, who is known for his anti-Arab comments and previous conviction for incitement to racism, with this man set to become the national security minister. Netanyahu will then be returning to power at a turbulent time for Israel. Israelis have voted in five elections in less than four years, and this year has seen a sharp increase in violence in the Israeli-Palestine conflict, with more than 150 Palestinians and more than 20 Israelis killed in the occupied West Bank and Israel. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. We now move to the Pacific Island nation of Fiji, where the military has been deployed to help police maintain security and stability after last week's election. That election resulted in a hung parliament, with opposition parties saying that together they held enough seats to form a government to end Prime Minister Frank Bainimahama's nearly 16 years in power. The Prime Minister, though, is yet to concede defeat. For some context, Fiji's democracy is fragile, and there's ongoing racial tension between indigenous Fijians and Indo-Fijians. The country has also experienced two coups in 1987, one in 2000 and one in 2006. And it was that final one in 2006 that brought the current prime minister into power, and he's been leading the country ever since with his Fiji First Party winning elections in 2014 and 2018. To make things yet more complicated, the opposition leader who may become Prime Minister is a former PM and two-time coup leader. Ultimately though, opposition parties have disputed claims of ethnic unrest in the country and accused the current Prime Minister of stoking fears of ethnic trouble as a way of maintaining his power in a creeping coup. The country is now waiting for the president to recall parliament so that lawmakers are able to vote for a new prime minister. But it looks like there may still be turbulent times ahead in Fiji. Let's return back to the UK, where, as we mentioned in yesterday's daily briefing, in and amongst a wide array of strikes from other public sector workers, ambulance drivers went on strike yesterday. And it's been suggested by health service representatives today that the strike could lead to intense pressure on emergency services. In essence, as the government asked people to only call ambulances in life-threatening situations, there was a massive decline in the number of 999 calls recorded yesterday. But it's unlikely that there was also a sudden drop in actual demand for emergency services. And as such, there's probably going to be a big surge in demand in the coming days. Saffron Cordery, the interim chief of NHS providers, warned that there may even be people who never really come forward for treatment. Talking about this, she said, I think that's what we're really worried about. It's an unforeseen risk that's sitting out there in communities. In our final uplifting story today, we discussed Jacinda Ardern. Early this week, we actually went through the start of this story, but let's just recap it now to catch you up. In essence, following a heated exchange in Parliament, Jacinda Ardern referred to David Seymour, the leader of the opposition in Parliament, as an arrogant prick. She assumed that her mic was off and that this comment wouldn't be recorded, but unfortunately for her, it had. 
While there was a minor scandal about her choice of words, this was turned into quite a positive story, as only a few days later, both Ardern and Seymour agreed to sign a parliamentary transcript of her comments and auction it for charity. The auction itself closed today with a top bid of more than 100,000 New Zealand dollars. Talking about the incident, Prime Minister Ardern said that a faux pas with the old mic in Parliament has turned into $100,100 for the Prostate Cancer Foundation. My thanks to David for being such a good sport and everyone who placed a bid. That's all we have time for on the YouTube version of The Daily Briefing today, but if you want to watch an ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing every day going forward, then you can find that on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.